Ah, oh, it doesn't matter if it's not working. I just want to press the keys. I don't care if it's even connected to a computer. You can bring it outside if you want. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, that's a bit weird. So, Mel, Mel, I do apologise to uh, you, Jules and Jordan, for probably sneezing down the end of the microphone. However, the listeners won't actually hear this, so this is fine. But you guys, you guys are fine today. You guys have all recovered. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it was weeks ago when we had the illness of illnesses. I don't know about you, Jules. Weren't you ill? When were you last ill? I had some sniffles, but uh, I'm fighting fit right now. Was that episode 12 you were ill? And then 13 was Jordan. And now 14 is me. (laughs) (laughs) So we're all taking turns. That's fine. Uh, So we actually have a question to start with from Twitter, from Adam. And he asks, um, will the next-gen MacBooks have Face ID? Right. Sorry, I laughed at this. Not not at the question, just at the, the fact that Apple are going to call it Face ID and it'll be this whole new thing. Oh, look. Uh, you know, face what do you ID. mean they're going to call it? The Face ID is on the iPhone ten. No. Right, sorry. My Surface Book has had Windows Hello for, what, a year, two years? And Jules' phone has had Windows Hello for more than that. Isn't that right, Jules? Yeah, yeah. It's it's an iris scanner rather than a full face scanner. But yes, it does Windows Hello. Yeah. So Apple are going to go, oh, you know, look at this amazing, our laptops now have Face ID. Face ID. Yeah. I don't, I don't see your point here. I mean, this is a very valid question. I, I, no, no, it, I think I agree. I think it is a valid question, but I think really, I mean, why wouldn't they? Well, ex- well yeah. They've so, got to. They're, they're kind of playing catch up, aren't they? I don't think they're necessarily playing catch up. I mean, yes, so they, they're they, playing catch up. They did have. This so is catch up. Oh. <laughs> they put Touch ID on the previous gen MacBooks with the the Touch Bar. Now that that technology is is a, is a very interesting one. I mean, like people who like it, I think it's like one out of a hundred or something like that. Like I've never actually heard someone use it to its potential. I'm talking about the Touch ID or the or the no, Touch Bar, the whole the, Touch Bar, the Touch Bar, right. Uh, so that that technology in general. However, they do say that Touch ID being there is helpful. Um, as a Face ID, it's very interesting because so the the iMac Pro actually just launched, and um, people are starting receiving them now. That has a um, an ARM chip in it that is capable of doing the the exact same stuff that the iPhone 10 does with Face ID. So interesting. I'm surprised, kind of, that they haven't. I mean, well, I guess it's too early. It might, it must be too early for them. But if they were, I think the iMac Pro would have been a good model to put Face ID in if that was something they were looking to do very yeah, soon. It would. Doesn't You're it right. need special? It needs special hardware though to do Face ID, right? So have they not like done a teardown of the iMac Pro and gone, oh look, here's the the dot matrix infrared dot matrix projector? Right, exactly. So it it has it doesn't have those, but they oh. does have an an arm chip inside of it which is capable of doing that kind of stuff. What I mean, that, whereabouts yeah. is this arm chip? Do you mean physically because, on because, the iMac Pro? Well, yeah, because I mean, obviously, with the um, with the MacBook Pro, uh, Pro, you've got it on the Touch Bar, and it basically powers that, right? Uh, sorry, what what does the the chip location physically inside of an iMac Pro have to do with? 
Well, is there a screen? Is there a touch sensor? What is it that it's doing? I mean, because the, the chip that's in the MacBook Pro is driving that uh, touch bar, which is essentially a separate device that's connected through USB or whatever. Yeah, so that's essentially running over. Uh, it's actually running a, a kind of a similar version of iOS. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, but but it's going to be connected to a, a prefer. It's going to be connected to something. It's going to that chip is not just going to be a chip. It's right. That chip will be connected to hardware sensors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, so so what's it connected to? It can't just be there, sat on its own. No, I mean it would be. I mean, I I I don't know. I mean, it would be connected <laughs> to. The, the sensors, I guess. The interesting thing is the iMac Pro, I'm pretty sure the the sound is something. It's the sound uh, audio stuff is actually... Con- yeah, so system audio is controlled by the, the A10 Fusion chip inside of the iMac Pro. So they, they, they're obviously... They have it connected to some things in, in various ways, which is... So, that, I mean, I don't yeah, see why they couldn't connect it to the... In fact, the webcam is also um, controlled and connected to by that ARM chip, uh, chip inside of the iMac Pro. So it wouldn't be too much work for them, I guess, to add those those sensors and connect it to the, the ARM chip. Uh, this is the way you made it sound was initially was they put this te- this chip in that does face ID and that's all it was doing. No, sorry, no. So that chip, so what basically my point was that there is a, a, a an A10 Fusion chip in there that is similar to what they have in the iPhones, which yeah. is, I think it's the previous model. It's not the Bionic, is it? Um but the that is there and it is capable of doing uh, face ID, right? Yeah, they just haven't put the sensors in. Exactly, and it's controlling things. It actually controls all the um, all the SSDs inside, so it's an SSD controller. Um, it controls the system audio, the camera, and it also has the secure boot, uh, boot stuff. So you can't so secure is- Enclave. Uh, yeah, it has that as well. Um, there's some interesting stuff around the specifics of boot, uh, boot security in there that I don't want to get into right now. Does the A10X do Face ID? I thought that was there was a co-processor that did the majority of Face ID that wasn't the A10X. You could be right. Could I'm, be I'm right. sure it's got a completely separate co-processor. That but either way, the, the interesting thing here is the fact that the a Mac never used to have those chips in it, Right. So it has right, those exactly. in there, which is kind of mm-hmm. laying the foundation of uh, iPadifying, I suppose, the device. Even, even if it doesn't have all of the components in yet, they're probably laying the groundwork for a Mac to be able to do those kinds of things. Yeah, so Jordan, you are correct that there is a, for example, they have their like their chip specifically for machine learning stuff, which Face ID will use quite heavily. Um, but what I think, I think the main point is that they have this 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 uh you know iPhone chip right this arm chip in there that is used primarily on the iPhone and iPad they could have had they could have added a you know the other chip for the machine learning stuff to then integrate face ID it's going to make you wonder if apple are thinking about moving the the whole operating well oh, okay that's that just let me re- let me rephrase this the iOS <laughs> Operating I know where you're going. Run, runs on ARM, right? Yeah? Yep. I'm wondering if they're laying the foundations for Mac OS versions to run fully on ARM. Yeah, or, it's a very interesting question. Or going down to the Microsoft thing, do you think they'll use some kind of x86 emulation, Jules, maybe? Like, and go, like, on ARM? 
I don't think they need to. Mm. No, I think... The the market's a lot smaller for Apple, so I don't think they need to worry about too much. If they asked everyone to rewrite all the applications for macOS, everyone would say, oh, yes, please, Apple, I'd love to. Well, they just designed... Well, everything's written. The majority of it's written in Xcode. They probably just create a new compiler target for objective C and, and Swift, and then you just recompile. Well, so yeah, Swift you? is... Uh, they're not trying to push Objective-C anymore, so it's all about Swift. And I think something we, we need to probably talk about in the next episode is the fact that there was uh, rumors of a universal apps across the Mac and the iPhone, well, iOS, sorry. So there's a very potential thing that they are looking to do is is run uh, you know, the same code on, on both devices and potentially switch. However, the, uh, we're getting away from the question. Um, so let's go back to the question. Yes. Yeah, so, so I would say, um, assuming that the iMac Pro is a bit of an odd machine because it's between generations, I suppose, then I would guess that the next generation of MacBook Pro would include Face ID. Yeah, I think I... look at, looking at the Mac Pro not having it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a sign. I think that that device is is between versions between designs. Okay, so here's another question to f- regarding the whole <laughs> a question face ID. to answer the question. No, it's it's like okay, well, do you think they're going to get rid of the touch bar then? So this is where I was uh, wanting to go with this because I I don't think the reception of the um, the reception for the, the the touch bar hasn't been that great. Not many, not many people why, would use though, it, right? right? Uh, we, know, we know why. The, the reason because is, is because I can feel the it Apple Mac screens are broken. There we go. Um, but more on that um, later. But <clears throat> the reception of it has been pretty poor. No one's really adopting it. As, it's kind of like a gimmick. Uh, the only thing that is useful from it, as I said earlier, is Touch ID. And if they move to Face ID, it makes sense for them to remove it. However. There's, there's two points. There's one. I don't know if they just remove it after one year. I mean, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been around for too long, and I guess they haven't pushed it since they initially released it. And the second point is, um, with machines like the iMac Pro and various new devices that could come out, why aren't they having, you know, a keyboard that has it on, and you know, an external keyboard that has it on that you could use? I mean, the iMac Pro would have been perfect for that. If you mm-hmm. could have a, the external keyboard to have the black touch bar laid in the black keyboard, that was really nice. I mean, it would have obviously there's some technical issues there with with um, some some power kind of things, but it would have been amazing for them to do. Mm, I mean, I don't think the word ama- I think amazing is not the wrong word. I think the fact that they haven't created a keyboard with the touch bar in, it's a good sign. It says it leaves it for potential removal. I was yeah. going to say that they're not going to make it first class. They're, they're thinking of like if they were going to go all in on the touch bar, mm. they probably would have put it in keyboard or created an external accessory, like their glass trackpad, right? The magic trackpad. I have to use that right now because my magic mouse is being weird, so I'm using yeah, my trackpad. We won't. We, like we won't it. go into that, but yeah, because I was rage. Yeah. The then the, you've also got the secure enclave stuff, right? With the touch ID sensor. Yeah, like. If you had a Touch ID sensor on a keyboard that wasn't connected to the machine, would you need a secure enclave on the keyboard? Right. Yeah, pre- presumably all of that would need to be on the keyboard. Everything exactly. that's part of that device. Yeah. Um, I, but I do think you're right. It's kind of telling that the only way of actually getting this experience, the Touch Bar experience, is on certain MacBooks. There's no, there's so no way of doing it if you've got an iMac. 
So it doesn't really seem like they're all in on it, does it? No, not really. But I think more importantly, it was a good um, it was a good test for them to to see what it was like embedding one of those chips into a Mac yeah. and having it run as a coprocessor and things like that. Yeah, but it's not the first time though that. No, I'm not saying that, but it's the first time they've done it on, mm, on a Mac yeah. specifically. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, they've put, a, they've, they've put it's what a bit, but what? It's the first time they've put like something like the Touch ID, but they've had co uh, co processors in the MacBooks since um, 2011 that do all sorts of stuff. So when, um, for instance, if you you know find my Mac when you locked your yep. Mac out, you could not use that Mac again regardless of changing the hard drive. It would actually lock the Mac itself. Yeah. Right. And that was done, done by like a secure co-processor where was it, it received. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was. it not just um, the, the existing CP running at a lower clock? Cause I know no. when they, they had, um, is it power nap features, which does similar things that like find my Mac that runs on, on the, uh, yeah. A slowed down version of the same processor. Well, the actual, processor. yeah, that's, that's that, but I'm talking about the actual lockout mechanism. Okay. Ran on a co-processor. So basically... I have to look into that one. What, yeah, the... And this is this is an interesting one because it was actually prior to 2000... So I used to... Kind of an anecdotal story. Um, I used to work in a repair shop and the occasionally we would... People would come in with MacBooks that were like locked with passwords and stuff. And you we always had to do like checks and say, well this is why don't you know your password what the hell's going on here and why why are you coming in as a man and this is a girl's computer you know it's like it, got, it was clearly stolen so then we had to report it to the police and stuff now the majority of the time we could find out we, we tried to find the owners of these machines and we could do that by removing the password and then and and effectively mm-hmm. sending it back to the you know getting getting some contact information and then ringing up and or giving it to the police one or the other but then in 2011 or 2012, we started getting Macs that were locked via Find My Mac. Right. And what we would do is we would like, well, we, we couldn't act, we couldn't even boot the Mac with a different hard drive in, basically. You would, it was really interesting. We thought it was like some, some kind of bug at the time or something was wrong with the machine or it was like encrypted or something and we were just messing around with it. And yeah. We could not reinstall a different hard drive. So, for instance, let's say we installed a Mac OS yeah, on a separate yeah, yeah. hard drive and put it in. You still couldn't boot the machine. It asked for a lockout code, and it wasn't an encrypted. It wasn't encrypted drive or anything. Of you know, <clears throat> it was. It was. Yeah. And then doing a bit more reading, we found we actually found the chip that did it on the board. And basically, if that's locked out, that's it. You, you know, it has to be unlocked by the code that's right. Yeah. Sent. So, so you know, slightly long anecdote there, but <laughs> they've been putting co-processors on, on the machines for a while. And the same with something like the Surface Book. Me and Jules were having this conversation, what, last week? About the BitLocker chip that's in the... Well, it's like a secure chip that has, like, BitLocker encryption. Mm. Like, or something along those lines, Jules. But it's a similar mm-hmm. kind of concept. Okay. We'll have, to, we'll have to find a link for the show notes and put some more information about that, because I've never personally heard of that. But uh, just to round out the question, um, quick quick answer. Do you think the next-gen MacBooks will have Face ID? Yes. But it's not, not new. Jules? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I, think, I think they will, yeah. I think it might be a little bit of time, but then, yeah. Yeah, I think they will.
So I picked up a DoxyQ uh, scanner the other day. Uh, this quite interests you, Jules, because you, you like yeah. the um, was it paperless life kind of uh, thing about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and essentially, just to just give you a rundown of what the Doctor Q is, it's a ver- fairly small, like A4 sized device um, that is is basically just scanning, and it scans onto a local um, SD card. You can then connect to it. It broadcasts a Wi-Fi signal, so you can connect to it uh, using your iPhone or your Mac or something and import from the internal SD card. Or you can just plug the SD card into your computer, which is probably what I'll do. Um, but yeah, you can you can kind of go and take this somewhere, get a bunch of papers, and because it has a battery inside of it, just continue scanning stuff until, until you, you're done. Um, and I kind of wanted this because basically uh, I have a lot of papers, paperwork over, well, since I was 17 or 18 that I've collected and don't tend to review or check it out. I kind of just add it to the pile. It was getting to the point where I could, um, I was basically looking at investing the money in some kind of filing cabinet in my office mm-hmm. uh, at home. However, I didn't want that. And I realized that eventually I would need two filing cabinets and, you know, to be some kind of problem there or to start reviewing more. Whereas with this, I could invest the money once for, it was a decent price. I got a good offer as well. And, and, um, it's just a small little device, then digit- digitally organize it, put it in the cloud, and it's away from me. Um, and you were very excited about this, Jules. I mean, I think you were more excited about it than, than I was, and I wasn't receiving it. Yeah, I think they're great. I think they're great, Doxes. Yeah, it's really cute. It's really nice and cute. Uh, it's got a, an automatic paper feeder as well, so you can kind of just put a few documents in there and it'll run through them. Now, I, I asked you this, and I know you've actually told me before, Um but when you've got multiple documents and you need to put them through, yeah, do they actually come through as separate PDF documents? Right, yeah. So you have the ability to scan a 300 or 600 DPI uh, JPEG or PDF, which is it has got some buttons on, on the front of it so you can configure that. And uh, when, you do, when you do PDFs, each single scan is a different page, a different file, sorry, no matter if... Um, you know, it's it's a you you then put the same piece back in and just flip it over so you get the back of it. Um, so you would have to like join up the files if you were creating like a ten page. Right, exactly. Document. Yeah. So well, that's annoying. It is. It it does sound annoying. However, they they have some uh, apps and there's a Mac app as well, so as same as iOS that has some really quick tools. You basically just select them and just right click and say combine or whatever, and it does it for you. So it's. It is not like it's not like doing any magic. Like, oh, this looks like the same document, right? I'm just going to combine them, which could lead to, to errors. It yeah, is separate, you have to tell it. and then it's just really easy to then later combine them, which I'm personally fine with. And I think Jules, you you were actually hoping for that option when you asked the question. Yes, yeah, because that's exactly what you want. Really, is that if you've got multiple documents and you just want to you know scan them all through first, you can just keep going. And then yeah. later when you're actually taking the documents off the device, the digital documents, then you get to choose to make sure that it's all uh, uh, aligned properly. Because yeah. really, you know, if you've got a multi-page document, you just want it to be one PDF. You don't want to have multiple files. Exactly. So be- being able to sort them and combine them together like that was really great. And you could do the same thing with going, because um, you can do a stack, can't you? Yeah, I think it's up to eight pages. 
So you could do a stack of two sided by doing all of you know one side first, and then you turn the paper over, and then you mm-hmm. do a, the the stack on the other side, and then you can combine them together so that it, it's proper you know, page one, two, three, four, and so on. Yeah, PDF. And I guess the the, the good thing is that I mean it's, it's so much easier to combine than it is to split later. So I, I do actually prefer yeah. it being this way. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's only it's. It's only small. It's only the size of a thirty center, thirty centimeter ruler. Sorry, and uh, it also has a, as well as the the actual paper scanner. On the back of it, it has a direct document feed. So if you've got anything that's thicker that you need to put through, like a passport or something, you can actually do that as well. And you don't put it through the the standard paper thing. You just put it directly through, which is really actually oh, really cool. that's good. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I've I've kind of I played with it when I first got it, and I did actually have a session I think two weeks ago of scanning a bunch of these papers. Um, however, I don't have a shredder, so I basically put them back, and I also haven't reviewed the documents after that. So I'm going to need another session of kind of working out where I am with all of it. Uh, there are also some documents that I didn't feel comfortable splitting um, or scanning. I mean, this I guess I. I don't really want to say what, but one example uh, would be like the, uh, you know, the car registration document, which is also one is uh, delicate and two is, is really kind of large. So I can't scan it anyway, but that would be kind of a bad example of what I actually tried to scan. Yeah. So I I need to have another session with it and organize and actually do this, but it's, it's on my kind of task list coming up hopefully before I go back, but uh, we'll see where I get. Once you've got all these files, you just could just store them on some kind of cloud storage. Yeah, so I have a um, OneDrive where I put a lot of a lot of things. Like all my uh, photos are in OneDrive, so I'll put them in there. What's your What's your naming strategy on the files? You know, it's kind of been something that I know I need to uh, work out. Yeah, but I haven't. I've been like deferring things Cause, cause about not, it because not everything is going to have a date. Well, some exactly. of those documents won't even have. Like, I might not even, necessarily be. A date. I might not do it by date. I might just well, yeah, make that's... it right, quite general and be... I mean, because certain things... For example, right? So say I could be like, all right, this is for my car. The problem the problem that I have with this, right, is I have, like, financial documents for my car and I have, like, car-related, like, service things or, for example, that I just want to get rid of, so I'll scan them. Do I put the financial ones in the same car folder because they're related to the car? Well, what, would, what would you or... have had if you had a physical uh, cabinet file well it's the your, same problem right just, I, I never decided on this so i don't know actually what i would do right now they're all under financial but that's annoying because when i want to see something about my car i have to go through all the financial ones but it'll be the same so, problem the other way around generally the best thing to do is to stick to high level stuff and only put a few files in a folder so if you were if you're using a physical folder it'd be the same kind of idea so you could do it you could have, if it was physical paper, you could do it, say, alphabetically, uh, and then say, mm. "Well, actually, these the, this requires a bit more um, attention." You know, there's there's a lot of these particular type of things. Then you'd split it out into a separate folder of its own right, and then organize inside that. So you wanted to be to have a small number of things in it. So you could just have a car folder and then just stick all the documents in it, and then yeah. have finance. A one or something, right? Yeah, I could, until I could it overflows, like and then you could have a subfolder underneath it. Or I could um, go in it with a plan that means it can scale. 
Yeah. And that's the thing that I would recommend is once you've done this, once you've chosen these names, you want to be able to not have to think about it again, do the work upfront, think about how you're actually going to file this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just make it so that it's so obvious you wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. I mean, something similar I did do for my, my photos. So I actually, all my camera rolls from all my devices get uploaded to OneDrive automatically. I then, um, take them off and process them and rename each, um, basically rename each, each picture to a date, uh, kind of a timestamp essentially. Mm-hmm. And then I then organize them into, uh, year and month. So I do something already for my photos. It's, it's not the best, but it means like, it's like, Oh, what time of year did that happen? Okay. It was October last year. I'll just go into October for that year. And then it's there and I can find it for those. The easy thing about photos is they ju- they've always got a date. And it's yeah, going to be difficult sure. to do yeah. with the files. It'd be interesting to find out because if you've got a folder that's just, you know, misc and it's only got five things in it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be more yeah. sorted than that. So, so yeah, I, I'll have to do an update when I actually use this and start putting things in the cloud with it uh, properly and how I did that, I guess. And I'm kind of hoping you complain at it, Jules. Mm-hmm. Two things. One, I reckon you're either going to buy one of these yourself or you're going to uh, borrow this off me. Which one? Uh, yeah, I think I would like to give it a go, definitely. Um, whether I buy my own, I don't really know. I have a lot less uh, mm. paper than you because I went through yeah. and culled a lot of stuff in in the past already. Um, I've only really got the minimum that I need and all of that is not in a filing cabinet. It is... It, thankfully, it fits inside one of those large A4 filofaxes. So yeah, pretty I mean, much everything is in one place. So I, I'm okay. Given the um, given the direct feed at the back, it does mean, however, that you could scan field notes without having to take the pages out. Yeah, that's true. And and the previous doxy that I had looked at was a, a small but flatbed one, and that was that they even they even gave away a, a copy of field notes. Oh, really? Special doc, doxy field notes edition. Yes, they did. Ah. Um, specifically designed. Great. So that you have you to would... buy those now, aren't I? <laughs> but it was it was basically smaller than a single page. Sorry, it was larger than a single page field note, so you could put a single page on there. It wasn't exactly right. designed for field notes dimensions. Um, I, I would like to digitize more stuff like that. I think it's quite interesting, especially when you can uh, search it and um, you know do character recognition and things. Um, but I I don't know when I don't know when I would do that. Um, yeah, I like I like software like Office Lens, which does a very very similar job, but a lot more basic. Where if there is a particular document that I just want to digitize, I will just take photographs of the front and the right. back. Right. So so sorry. Just just before you go too far with that, um, I've started taking photos of whiteboards, not using the Office Lens app, but just taking photos of them because it's it's quicker yeah. on my on my actual camera. When uh, OneDrive comes along, picks it up and loads it, I then later get a notification saying, uh, oh, by the way, we noticed you uploaded a picture of a whiteboard and it's uh, we just enhanced it for you. And that's directly in OneDrive without OneDrive. the Office Lens, which is really cool. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could you could use a doxy, scan as JPEG all the time, for example, and you could always just scan both, you know, and then... It, it could do something yeah. for you if you if could. You happens. could certainly put the JPEGs through Office Lens. Yeah, it's just um, potential. Mm, interesting. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think it'd be interesting to 
I just found that the, the Doxy Flip, sorry, was the one that you were, I think you were considering because that's the one they were ah, selling. Yes, that was the last one I looked at, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're currently selling that with the Doxy Field notes. I'm going to have a look on eBay for those. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, do you have any interest in something like a Doxy? <clears throat> or any paper problems? So I said, I said in, in the last episode that I'm going completely digital for right. 2018. And so the amount of paper that I would have is significantly less than even... I mean, I don't have that much paper. I, I use paper as a like an, a go-between. Let's say I've got, like I've got a Rodeo notebook and I'm almost out and I just tend to bin all the paper from that when I'm done mm-hmm. because it's not really something I want to keep. If I want to keep it, it'll go in, it would go in a field notes, which again, how do you find, like scanning them seems a bit like impossible. It's not, you know I mean? it's not impossible. It's something that people have done for a long time. No, I mean, like, okay, would it work with a doxy though? Yeah, especially with the doxy flip. That's, I think yeah. they've actually got something specifically for it. You basically press a button to say, I'm starting a new notebook. And then you scan the front cover, the inside of the front cover, the first page, the second page and so on. Yeah, it just, but it then... Just for you. So, the thing that I find the most annoying with paper is the bank send me statements, paper, like non like i mean i'm do paperless banking but i still get paper from the bank sometimes or i'll yeah. get a, a parking ticket or something uh which has happened re- more recently uh due to but it wasn't my fault but that, we'll go into that another time and i want to i use office lens to like take a photo of them and digitize them and then store them in my OneNote or in my OneDrive or whatever right but sometimes it's just a bit of a pain like the quality of them isn't that great sometimes or sometimes it'll you'll get the bit of the table in and mm-hmm. i mean it's really good that like don't get me wrong office lens is really good it's a great program but it's not all there yet so i feel like i will i'm just gonna hold hold out for better scanning with mobile phones because i don't want to have another piece of technology mm. to carry around with me i get what you're saying but i think you're always going to have some like those kind of problems with the Obviously, the uh, with with using a camera, obviously Office Lens does some things where it's, it'll tries to recognize a shape and it'll just try and get that, but it's not perfect because, you, like that that paper, for example, might still have you know it's been folded, so it'll always have that crease in it. Whereas with the Doxy, and I know it's it is another device, but it's so small; it's a face uh, you know thirty centimeter ruler by ten centimeters. It's tiny, and you kind of just have it like it, it just fits on a shelf right now. Like it doesn't take much space. Yeah, I think it'd be just, very, uh, especially if you if you plan to go all digital. I think it'd be the, probably the best thing to do, especially for kind of having like more legitimate versions of these documents. Uh, I don't know. I think that's and the the quality wise. I mean, it is uh, damn crisp. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like scanning things in is nice. Like, like I like scanning things in, but um. I don't know if you've seen my house lately, but I've not got a shelf to put a doxy on. I'm like out of space. <laughs> Which is why uh, you're currently <laughs> podcasting on your own bed. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think if right now, being honest, and this is this is kind of ironic, what I would rather spend my money on right now is buying a paper shredder. <laughs> Oh, well, if you do, I need yeah. to borrow it because... Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because right now I've got too much paper that I don't want to bin because it's got like secure bits and bobs on or it's business bank statements. And I don't even have a chimney to like burn this stuff in either. 
So really, before I buy something to scan the paper, I really want to be buying something to shred the paper. <laughs> but you can't shred until you've scanned. But I take photos with office lens, remember? So Yeah, but if it's if it's that important, then you should probably scan it. Some stuff you actually end up uh, with a digital version anyway. I know I yeah. get I get stuff from uh, my electric company and they send me they send me a, a physical document and then exactly the same document is available on their website which i download so just on the the topic of shredding i did actually Mm. buy some shredding scissors oh god right i saw you with these let no no no, jordan jordan just let let jules let jules do his intro about these please so so you were gonna buy a shredder right and a doxy's one thing right a doxy's a doxy's nice small bit of kit right but but buying a, a shredder, and if you want a, a, like a good shredder, a nice shredder, right? Um, that takes up space. So so this is why I suggested the paper shredding scissors. And I was going to ask you how you got along with them, right? But but you 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 haven't told me yet. I want to so, know. I want to know. Absolutely okay. bloody terribly. They are <laughs> the worst pieces of sit. Like they're, they're, I, I was going to say something then. Um, they are so bad for shredding paper. And oh. right. I, came, I came into the office, right? And I was like, Andrew sat over a bin with a huge piece of paper just going at it. I was like, what What are those scissors? And Brad went to me, they're for hair, the hairdresser scissors. And I went, oh, they're okay, not. that makes sense. And then I went, okay, that makes sense. And walked off just assuming they were, because they look like something a hairdresser would use, right? It's like and then four... it turns out that they are shredding scissors for right. shredding documents. Right? So if you haven't yeah, seen these before, but... they're they're basically like four pairs of scissors next to each other in with one handle, right? Very closely and, and means you can cut once and it cuts four different lines. Right. They are really bad. And I like I paid I paid a decent amount of money for them. I like I didn't get anything ridiculous. Which ones which ones did you get? I just got like some ones off Amazon and they were like, I don't know, probably like ten quid or something like that. Where are they Japanese ones? No. Oh, you got the wrong ones. That's why. Well, <laughs> all right. I didn't actually pay anywhere near ten pounds for them. Um, well, how much did you pay for them? Four pounds. But right, and you expect this to be good? Oh, well, you know what? You know, you send me a link. I'll buy some more, and I will test them because these were terrible. <laughs> and you know the ridiculous thing this thing says? It says, uh, "Secure your information also for herbs." <laughs> this is ridiculous anyway yes they're terrible um however i do really like the idea of having having an actual shredder i know they're more space and they, they probably cost a bit i think but it's because of listening to uh, hello internet there's an episode really early on like episode 17 i think it is where um brady and and gray talk about shredders and then they have like sounds of them in and it's really like uh therapeutic so I do quite fancy a shredder, but if Jordan gets one, then I'll just borrow his. Yes, yes, that's that's the best thing to do. Do you do you have a pair of these scissors? Sorry, Jules. N- no, I don't. But I have seen them before, and so the the so ones how do you know if they're good seen... or not? Because these are terrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just thought it was sorry. a good idea for you to and try just, them. <laughs> you, you, I'm just your guinea pig. But the worst part is the worst part is sorry that you, you're cutting along, and then bits of the same scissor uh, sorry paper sorry starts to end up uh, like coming out of the sides in. and like going upwards and going downwards and you're just in this like weird mess where you're like i might as well just rip them up myself okay. because so I, I haven't actually seen your scissors let me i've just pasted you a link 
of the kind of scissors that I had in mind, which has got uh, one oh, star wow. out of five. Oh. Now this is this is uh, this is what I was expecting it to look like. Does it look anything like this? Very similar, um, but it's got uh, like how many? That's well, like what six blades, seven blades. Uh, mine's seven got five. Blades. Ah, okay, right. Is it got large gaps between them or? Uh, yeah, but similar size, similar size, similar, maybe a little similar. bit bigger. Right, that was the kind of thing that I was expecting. Right, and they this, are the, this kind they of are thing. very similar. They're very si- similar. They're okay. Terrible. And you just can't like right. So you have to you can't fully close the scissors, otherwise you've lost the line. How many? Yeah. How many right. How many, think how many slices it. of paper were you trying to do at the time? Oh, like, I even went down to one, and it was still terrible. Oh, it's all the way down to one. Yeah. Well, like I, the bare I, so, minimum. I, I so wanted this to be a good thing. I, I, I was I was believing in this <laughs> just because I'm your guinea pig. It, this was this was a dream. But yeah, that they not not enjoyable but jordan if you do get a shredder then let me know and i'll borrow it and you can borrow my doxy and we'll take turns uh, okay and maybe i'll have a look at these buying these scissors oh they're 27 dollars and they've got one yeah exactly this is one, 27 dollars one review at a one star out of five well yes so i don't know maybe i think it's your turn to buy them next jules well maybe maybe hey listeners i hope you're enjoying the show if you'd like to ask a question, just like Adam did, you can tweet us at Mavis Podcast, and you can also find the show notes for today's episode at mavispodcast.com slash 14. It was Christmas. It was. And um, my girlfriend's family did a secret Santa when we were there, which was really, really nice. Uh, so I don't know who bought me this present, but someone bought me a, a kind of a leather wallet. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Really nice wallet. You know, it's it's it smells like good leather. But well, there is no but. Okay, that's <laughs> right. good. There is no but. It's lovely. And I, but the problem is, and I know I said there is no but. There is, <laughs> there is a there is a but. I'm really grateful, by the way. Like I, it was a really thoughtful present because, you know, I always lose my wallet when I'm up there. That's kind of what you I do. my girlfriend's parents house but recent recently the last last year saw me switch to a one of those really small low profile wallets where it can only fit like two cards in it three cards in it and Mm -hmm. a little maybe a little bit of cash but no coins so it's basically a card size wallet this new wallet is like a proper wallet right and i'm spent maybe half an hour just staring at both of them (laughs) flat on a table going it's a really nice wallet yeah but i don't really want to use it because it's so big. Mm-hmm. Um, so the wallet I have is it's a Tumo wallet. It's like a. It came with my curve card because I, I got a curve card and it's like one of the RFID protective ones. It fits about three cards in it and my driving license with the see through, you know, little driving license see through thing. Mm-hmm. And it's literally card size, you know, maybe slightly bigger. Yeah. So just before you continue, I have something similar. I have, uh, but I mean, it's not RFID protected, but it's the same size, but it's, you know, uh, card size. I put like five cards in it and that's what I use day to day because I don't carry cash. So uh, yeah, but when same, I do, but... when I do travel, I do actually take a full wallet, uh, wallet sorry. Um, but carry on. But I, I, it works with cash. I can put like, you know, 30, 40 quid in tenors, so for like four notes in it and it's really nice, but it's been going about a year and a bit, and it's starting to wear. And uh, 
gift the Secret Santa gave me was not an actual wallet. It was the thought that actually I should probably buy a new wallet. <laughs> um, and it sounds really ungrateful, but I'm not trying to be ungrateful because it. W- I am really grateful for the present. It was a really thoughtful gift and it's a really lovely wallet. I just see a wallet as a utility. Mm-hmm. Right, and I don't want to be like inconvenienced by like this really thick wallet because it's got like space for coins and it's got space for like lots right. of cash. And if I have that and I use it, it means I'm just gonna have loads of crap <laughs> in my wallet. Yeah, and I don't want to even give myself the opportunity to do that. So I've been looking. Oh, I was looking at new wallets, um, and I've seen one. In fact, I've just ordered one, and. It's basically similar to my current one, but can fit a few more cards in it and can fit a bit more cash in it. But it's it looks really nice. The video for it was... Um, I've, I've forgotten exactly the model or the make of wallet that my Secret Santa gave me. But um, this this new wallet, it's basically can fit maybe six or seven cards in it. It folds over. It's really nice. So I'll, I'll right. put a link in the show notes to it. Uh, but it's basically a Garzini Magic Wallet. Um, it's like, an, again, RFID, like, protective, like, you know, so people can't clone your contactless cards. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to, I don't know, it's, it should come next week, and I'm going to, like, use it because I'm going to be doing a bit of traveling. So kind of like the idea of having a couple, a little bit more space in my wallet to carry, like, maybe, like, room keys for hotels and stuff. But it looks really nice. Um, so I will follow up on that next time. But I did, did just to make it clear to any listeners, I am really grateful for someone buying me a new wallet. You just don't like it, yeah? <laughs> well, no, no, I no. Like I, it. I, I just, it's saying, just not it's... useful to me. I know I actually switched my three cards that I carry around. So I've got my, um, I think I had my, I have my curve card, my debit card, and my American Express, and then my driving license. And that's it. That's all I carry. And I put it into this new wallet, and I was like, "Holy crap! There's a lot more space in this wallet, mm. and, and it's, it's I don't really f- need it." You've got right. like extra folds of leather. Leather is yeah. not traditionally like a quite a thin one. The the one that I use is leather on the outside, and then it uses like a canvas material on the inside, which is extremely thin. Mm. Um, I, you know, I changed to using a very thin wallet quite a few years ago, and when you look at the traditional man's wallet. Um, now after using a thin one, a small one, um, they are, they, they just, they just look huge. I mean, mm-hmm. if you were to put it in your, in your pocket, you'd, you'd tell the difference and you know, it's, it's nice to have a nice wallet. I've got a nice wallet as well, but, um, yeah, like you say, it's that utility and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, day to day, you want to have a nice, slim, thin wallet that just has what you need. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I don't, and, I don't personally, I don't, I, I don't like carrying cash or coins at all. Like I, I, I try to avoid that. I always pay by my card. So day to day, when I'm in the UK, at least the the smaller wallets I carry, mine carries uh, probably six cards of me, two on each side, and then I've, there's a slot in the middle where I guess you could put cash uh, that I put two more cards in. So I'm fine with using that day to day. When I travel outside of the UK, I typically I'll take the bigger wallet because i i like to carry cash when i'm not in my home uh area so i i guess like i i, I also 
don't like the bigger wallets. I, I think they're too big and bulky, but they have their utility for carrying cash, whereas I do not like carrying cash with these smaller smaller wallets. Do you how often do you carry cash, Jordan? Like is it important to you carrying cash? No, no, not at all. Because you're I quite mean, similar to me. In the sense that you don't I I've never carried cash, even when I had a bigger wallet. I never really carry cash or coins for that matter. I just never go to a cash point. I n- do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't like carrying cash because it's just something else for me to lose. Um, if I do lose something, yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm not bothered about it. Having the only this- time on a regular basis that I get cash out is for is for getting my car washed or going to the, the casino. Casino, <laughs> because yeah. you don't want to use the internal ATMs. But that's true. That's true. I mean, apart from that, I'd never use cash. True. True. So. I, this new wallet I've ordered is actually it is bigger than my old one in the sense that it it folds out, but not folds out like a normal wallet. It's like you'll see you'll see in the link in the show notes. But if I were to carry cash, it would fit in nice, you know, more. It would go in somewhere. There's actually a place for the cash to be. So I'm going to try it out and see what I'll, see what happens. So when this it. arrives, you'll be wanting to talk about this and see what you think about it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm kind of like looking at the color I ordered, and I've ordered it in like, uh, like tan. caramel brown, caramel brown, or oh, not the, caramel tan? brown. Sorry, camel. Ca- yeah, it's tan. It's like cam. Sorry, camel brown. Oh. I read that's caramel. Um, <laughs> but I actually quite like the carbon black. Which well, you know my rule. Everything what? black always. Yeah, I mean, I think tan leather ages a little bit more. Not like. It ages a little bit more attractively, just because. Do you know what I mean? I don't know about you, Jules. Mm, um, I don't know. I, I I mean, I like leather and I like how it ages. Um, I, I think so. All of my wallets have been black for a while, but not all leather. Um, but yeah, I know. I I get it because obviously my uh, my notebook is in a leather cover and it's not black, and you you do see a lot more detail in the actual leather itself as it ages. Um, the, the leather cover I got from my Kindle isn't black either. It's, it's like a burgundy type color. Mm. Um, yeah, it's nice to have it. It's nice to have something a bit different. I'm starting to think of maybe I made a mistake and should have got the black one. <laughs> I'm actually looking at a new car potentially and considering a blue car instead of black, usually I'd get black everything, but having a previous, uh, previously having wow. a black car, it is, so bad for dirt and dust and literally anything. So that that is a potential move for me that I may do. But usually I go all black everything. I got a new keyboard for Christmas. Very nice. What did you get? The uh, It's not just very nice. It's <laughs> amazing. Sorry, I can't say that. It's amazing. It, yes. See, this is what happens if we record in the afternoon. It is the uh, the Surface ergonomic keyboard. Right. To put this into context, what was the keyboard you had before you had your Surface, your new Surface ergonomic keyboard? So it was the Sculpt ergonomic desktop, which is both the keyboard and the mouse. Um, but it's but it was the previous ergonomic keyboard is the is the main the main thing there. So this is the keyboard that I have. That's your well. your favorite keyboard in the world up up mm. until now, certainly. Yes. Been, yes. So now I I've had reservations about the service ergonomic keyboard by just looking at it, but it looks. I mean, okay. 
the 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 sculpt ergonomic keyboard that we what I currently have and that you've just replaced mm-hmm. is plastic. It's relatively expensive, but it's it's great. It's got like a like a split in the middle, and you know, you seat your hands really nice, and it's got a hump as well, you know, so you can like a removable hump. Um, but then when we saw the service ergonomic keyboard, it's like the build quality is like all metal, like the surface, isn't it? And it's got some yeah. like. Uh, fabric on bits of it as well which made us go ooh that looks nice but it doesn't have a hump does it uh mm, it so it has a it does have a hump in the middle which is which is what they both have but it doesn't have the the reverse hump uh which is the (laughs) i can't think of a better word for it it's it's basically the the version that i used previously and the version that you are using has an extra piece of plastic which goes underneath it and it tips it basically away from you so the entire keyboard the front of the keyboard is raised this does not have that it just has the same sure it this is just the same as basically using it without the riser yeah I I I'm surprised. So two things. One, I'm surprised you're not jumping on this keyboard as well, Jordan. And second thing is, this is actually interesting to me because it has four keys on the bottom left, just like a Mac keyboard. Uh, yeah, con- right. Control, Function, Windows, and Alt. Yeah, okay. is that what you mean? And then to the right of this, the second yeah. space bar because it's got two space bars is Alt G R, the Windows button, the Menu button, which some keyboards often forget, and then the uh, Control button. Yeah, so on a Mac you have function, control, option, and then command. So function is a surface-specific key, and it's actually different on this one to it was on the previous keyboards, the one that Jordan was talking about. Right. Um, on the Sculpt Ergonomic, the previous Ergonomic keyboard, there was a switch at the top to go between the function oh, keys yeah. and the normal keys. And the normal keys here, we're talking like uh, media functions, play, uh, you know, fast forward and things like that. Um, so if say for example i prefer to not have the function keys defined to f1 through 7 uh, 7 <laughs> 12 um <laughs> then then i would have it uh, so that you know play and pause and i would have to switch press the button i want and then switch back so actually literally flicking a switch off and then on again uh, with this, it's just a function modifier, which is exactly the same as on the surface, and it's well. That, that's a very welcome change. Um, the key, the keys at the top, actually, the the function row on the uh, Sculpt ergonomic keyboard aren't mm. really buttons. They're like a different type of, of button than like not like not, not normal keys. Um, this yeah. goes back to them being normal keys, and it's worth mentioning. This is completely different, though. It's both. They're both ergonomic keyboards. This is a completely different build. Uh, the keys feel different. Um, they feel uh, different, better, better. Um, I can't really say other than that. Nicer. It feels like a, yeah, it's, it's it feels like a more pro keyboard because the um, it's got the proper layout for insert home, uh, delete and end, and so on. Yeah. Whereas it was a cu- slightly custom layout on the previous keyboard. Yeah, and that took some while to get used to. Yeah, it, it does. It, it did take a while to get used to, but it wasn't too bad. Um, the number pad is integrated on this one as well, whereas previously the number pad was a separate device on the last keyboard. And to be honest, I never, I never really used it. In fact, once it caused me a massive headache because I had it in a drawer. 
Oh I yeah. <laughs> One of the keys was being held down and then yeah, after that I took the battery. I had the out. same thing. I had yeah. the same thing. You, do you not just oh, power man. it off when you put it in a drawer? No, you no, can't. You can't no, power no, it no. off. It's, you have to take the battery out. It's, the battery it's like out. one of those coin batteries. And then you never put the battery back in again because there's there's no point. Um so that was I, I'm glad that they reversed their decision on that. I would say that the there's 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 hardly any gap between like the arrow keys and the control key. Uh, but that doesn't really bother me. At first, I think it did because visually it just made it look like there was a lot of stuff going on. But it it is just like it's a pro keyboard. It's just got all the stuff, all the keys, all the buttons are there. So quite happy with the the, the density of those buttons. Yeah, this see this is for me. This is a huge deal. Like changing keyboards is a huge deal, mm. massive deal. And and the current keyboard I have is my favorite keyboard of all time. Um, and so much so that I'm going to stockpile about 10 of these. 11. Uh, 11. Once 11 of them. And just, yeah, and, and keep them keep them so when they stop making them, I'll still have them. But, I mean, I say I'm going to stockpile it. I will probably buy another couple just for safe safeguarding my current experience. But um, I, I quite like the fact that they, they don't have the extended, num- you know, the full number pad keypad on the right the right hand side. I like the how kind of compact it is it's like it's not as compact as something like the apple keyboard right you know the wireless one mm-hmm. but it's not like a full massive yeah, keyboard I, like, I would i would say that keyboard is incredibly nice to just pick up especially from the because it's got a gap in the middle um mm-hmm. where the hump in the, in the in the center is it's so easy for you to pick it up and move it around the desk and that's one of the things i really like about that it's a lot harder to pick this keyboard up it's a lot harder to it move. It's quite it. heavy. It is heavy, yeah. It's it, it and it's sturdy on the on the desk. It's quite difficult to actually move. You have to you have to actually lift it. Um, yeah. So if I had a home office, which I don't right now, um, and I had like a desk, like a desktop setup or a setup that was just like I'm never going to move my keyboard around or my stuff around often. You know, like it's going to be like a once a year kind of thing. Mm. Then that keyboard looks perfect because it's like this is my base station. This is this is command center you know yeah um whereas at work where i currently use my sculpt keyboard um i do a lot of moving around and i like how compact it is because obviously i usually have a lot of stuff on my desk when i'm well that's not true it, my desk is quite clean so when i do have a lot of <laughs> right. stuff in my desk no no it is it compared to compared to like what I used to be like, my desk is relatively clean. It's got very few amount. It, it's not got anything on it. It's got a lot of paper on it at the moment just because people give me bills. I hate bills. But, you know, I, I try and keep that area as sure. clutter-free as... as sure. Stop sure. it, Andrew. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Nothing it on my desk. Free. What? Are you wanna, right, carry we'll on. Have to, we'll have to say, well, I'll take some photos and compare. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and I just can't see that Sculpt keyboard this certain new surface one just being there right now yeah i know I can, it's I can weird kind of see that I, I i get that same vibe that it's like an immovable desktop keyboard this is your workstation um it does get it does kind of have that feel it does have that vibe but having said this there is one there are two f- major flaws with the current keyboard that i like the current the old keyboard that you use in the current keyboard the sculpt one is the escape key is not a proper key mm. and your the new surface keyboard has fixed that problem it does it is it is slightly uh, shorter but it is 
a full key. The depth is mm. the same, the width is the same, it's just a little bit shorter. It uses Bluetooth. And the current one that I use is got a Wi-Fi dongle thing and yes. ugh. So ugh. I would say one thing on this Bluetooth. Um I've used this on two machines so far. And one machine it works absolutely perfectly. As soon as I as soon as I press a button, sometimes there's a little bit of a delay if you leave it for a long time. You can kind of tell because the lights go out on the device. Mm. Actually, it's a while after the lights go out. Uh, the function lock and caps lock have little LEDs on them, um, and you do get a tiny bit of a delay, I suppose, when it's actually starting up. But it's nothing to worry about. When you sit down and you start typing, it just works. However, on the second machine that I tried it on, uh, there seems to be a delay when it. Um, when it actually gets started. So from a, from a Bluetooth point of view on that device, it's, it's not great. It's, it's, it takes a while to start up. However, I will say that that is on a windows insider preview build. Mm. Um, it's just that it's, that is a bit of a pain. You never quite know what you're connecting to. Right. And with one of those USB ones, you can just plug it into anything and it's, yeah, it's plugged in. Um, I mean, I would rather not have a dongle, but I would rather it just work on all of my devices. So I, I, it was a bit of a surprise that it was a, I get a delay on the device I'm trying to use it with right now. Mm. After it goes to sleep, it seems to take a while to come on. I was going to ask you, Jordan, you're, you're, also, you're looking at new keyboards as well, aren't you? I'm surprised this doesn't interest you like immediately, this keyboard, to be fair. I mean, you've obviously expressed your problems with it, I guess. But What, what you mean the Surface yeah. keyboard? So it did. It did interest me massively. Um but the lack of reverse hump. Right. Is, is that, I'm surprised that's actually that important to you. Uh, you know what? It, it is because I've always used my... So j- just a, a bit of history here. Jules gave me a Microsoft Ergonomic Keyboard 4000 back in 2012, maybe? Yeah, around that time. Uh, yeah, uh, and that was the USB um, mechanical keyboard. So it didn't have like... It was like quite a big keyboard, but it had a hump. And... I I enjoyed using it uh, with the hump on. It took me a while to get used to, and I actually hated it for the first like week. But there was just something about it that made me persevere. And I used that for a little while, and I really enjoyed it. But um, I switched um, to uh, Logitech De Novo because uh, it was wireless and Bluetooth. Yeah, so and... I used to have one of those as well, and that was awesome. Well, this was the De Novo, not the De Novo Edge. So oh. just just bear in mind that there's some history here. So um, the De Novo was uh, a battery powered, so you had to replace the batteries. And um, but it was Bluetooth, so away you went, and it was really light, and the keys were, you know, it was like really tiny, like Mac Mac keyboard keys, you know. And I really loved those that that tactile feeling of those kinds of keys, right? And then I decided that I would want, I wanted, I wanted a rechargeable keyboard. So I bought the DeNovo Edge, which was like the top of the line Logitech DeNovo. Um, and you got one too, Andrew. And that I was did. similar to the DeNovo with a few changes. The keys weren't as nice, to, in my honest opinion, but it, it was a really lovely keyboard and it was rechargeable with its own little dock. And then Microsoft brought out the Microsoft Sculpt keyboard. Uh, the, the the ergonomic one, the the wireless, really low profile keys, and I was like, holy, you know, holy crap! I need this keyboard in my life, and I bought one, and that was just like, 
I think that was 2013, 14. I don't know, 2013. I'm not 14, sure when they came out. I'm not sure actually. So I've used the same people for two, two or three years now, and I, I've never seen, I've never wanted another keyboard until now. Until some, I love that keyboard, but what I would like to do is even though it's easy to move around, it's not easy to travel with, which is a weird thing to say, right? So Andrew and I, we are going to be traveling a lot over the first few months of next year. Um, but traveling in a way that means that we will have like desks at the places we'll be going with screens and keyboards and stuff. Um, and I'm thinking about taking my serve, you know, my not service, uh, but the, the current sculpt keyboard I've got. But I've been looking at mechanical keyboards, 10 keyless mechanical keyboards, like the, you know, people say it's WASD, W-A-S-D keyboards, so WASD keyboards. The 10 keyless ones, the small ones, they're not wireless, but you can kind of customize them and they're mechanical and I've not actually had a mechanical keyboard like for a long time. But the fact that it's got a lot of different options in terms of styling the keys, the different types of, um, the actual different types of um key press so like the cherry keys um and also the fact that it uses like micro usb cables so you can like even though it's not wireless it can fit in a backpack i'm just considering testing one out while when i'm away from my primary desk work they are really nice those keyboards by the way i I bought one for my brother they're they're very nice Mm. so i'm i'm considering that because realistically right a service ergonomic keyboard like we've just said is a desktop like this is my you wouldn't want to, keyboard you wouldn't want to travel with this one it's quite heavy yeah and also it's probably dented quite easily uh, if I drop it I yeah. well know. like let's say it's going in the boot of my car and it, you know someone it's probably gonna get scratched and dented pre- relatively easily yeah i mean it does feel more luxurious you probably wouldn't want to just chuck it in the back of the car but yeah i, I know what you mean. exactly whereas the 10 keyless wasty keyboard can just go in my backpack mm. you know and and this is like the thing the current ergonomic keyboard the sculpt one wouldn't fit but i wouldn't mind carrying that around in my back like in my car or leaving it or whatever because it's small enough to not be like like this luxurious heavy thing but yeah so i'm undecided um uh, uh, and and, sorry go on jules i was just gonna say uh, just to throw a wild uh suggestion out there if they made a sculpt ergonomic keyboard the the same body so uh the smaller size the the gap in the middle so it's easy to pick up but it was made out of these new materials would that would probably be less of a question for you wouldn't it yeah i would be all over that like a rash nice so just to finish up this topic i wanted to say that i i have i suffer from a lot of rsi issues and uh getting a ergonomic keyboard has been on my mind for a long time However, I can never settle on a decent keyboard because uh, I use a Mac and they all seem to be a bit weird. And I might just be being weird about this myself and I need to consult someone who actually uses a decent ergonomic keyboard on a Mac and talk to them about it. Um, but I, I did notice this ergonomic uh, pro keyboard for Mac by Matthias. Uh, I've sent you guys a link so you can check that out. And it's it's very interesting, but it looks just so bad and i don't know if this is my like design side of it yeah what do you think to when you look at the surface ergonomic keyboard that jules has just got and the i really like one that i use i i actually when i use 
not as nice, but it's nicer than this Matthias one, looking wise. Right. So there's a lot of this, problems with think... that that sculpt though uh, from Mac. Whereas that uh, the one that Jules has got is actually quite interesting to me because it has the extra key. Yeah, I that don't know that, if... that function key is different though. Uh, it, the function right, key. Right, so I might is... just be being weird about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just because it's got four keys in that bottom left-hand yeah. corner. You've got four keys, which looks more familiar to you. But but PCs usually only have three down there. It's just the surface has has right. four. Now, just to just to add into this, something that I actually have considered is a new keyboard layout. Now, I can't do this for the next uh, four or five months, basically, because I need to be really productive right now. Um but it is something that I'm kind of I wanted to play with, but I don't have time to yet, sadly. So that would be interesting. I did. I found I found some keyboards that I want to look at. So maybe I can update uh, on those in the future, hopefully. Mm. And we'll come back when when Jordan's picked one as well. I think you've got to realize as well that ergonomic. I don't. I. I'm not saying this is like always the case, but with an ergonomic ergonomic keyboards don't always look nice. Most of no, them don't sure. look very nice. Well, the um, the Surface one didn't. Uh, sorry, the Microsoft Ergonomic one. Um, the four thousand. No, before then is that there was multiple. Oh yeah, multiple, the white one. There was multiple white ones that came out beforehand. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I had the the mini one was probably my one of my favorites um, from that era. But they they looked they were they looked really weird compared to a normal keyboard. Uh, it's just over time, I think that shape. The, the Microsoft shape has, has become, a, you know, a, a prettier version of those ergonomic mm-hmm. keyboards that people tend to see. But but they're not the most ergonomic key of, of keyboards, if you wanted to... Probably not. Um, yeah, because you can't literally put your hands in separate areas because they, they are still joined in the middle. Exactly. And um, they've got the... What's that keyboard that is literally just ridiculous? Like, it's a complete... It's like a weird... Um, I don't even know if they make it anymore. Oh, the, the weird like curved one, or the the one that looks like you can put a ball in it. The Moltron keyboards. Um, they're like completely different keyboards. Yeah, so this like, is what I was thinking of. Yeah, they're like they like they actually have like a full on curve inside, like like it, like, de- like each side like de- delves in, and it's like a th- they call them like three D split keyboards, and they're like meant for RSI. And like Enter key is like towards your. Ch- like it's towards the inner like towards your stomach and then like all that it's weird um but those are probably the most ergonomic keyboards in terms of key presses and stuff like that and that's like that's like the idea right uh i, I don't know if that's it's necessarily just about it's that part. Position it's, it's also the yeah it's the position of your wrists and things as well and this is this was the difference with the the extra hump on the sculpt keyboard is because it raised that hump was directly underneath your wrists and it raised your wrists whereas uh without that extra hump on underneath it the riser um your your uh, wrists were fairly flat on the on the desk and that's what this surface one has is that your your wrists are fairly flat on the desk they're still they're still at an angle but they're they're not as high up yeah, and the reason for the the gaps in the middle of the ergonomic keyboards is so that your hands are more forward facing, kind of straightforward instead of uh, forward and then you know to the side. Yeah. So, but of course, by se- by separating it, and, and you know, there's there's all sorts of physical reasons why people may want different types of keyboards. Um, but if you wanted them to be completely separated, if you could not bring your arms that close together, for example, 
uh, having um, something that is split would be a more ergonomic keyboard. So I, I, I everyone's different. There's, there's going to be uh, a real kind of mixture of, of what's the best for different people. Yeah. Um, but I would say that uh, some of these some of these keyboards look a, bit, a little bit strange. They are definitely funky. The Kinesis one. Kinesis? The, yeah, that one is probably the one that I was looking at. I would actually like to try it, but it's 300 quid. Yeah, well, this is the thing as well. Once you get into these areas, it's expensive. Yeah, I don't mind paying £150 for a keyboard, right? I think that's probably my upper limit. Maybe 200 at the very, very max if I was like, nah, meh, eh. I think between 150 and 200 is probably my upper limit for a keyboard. I think the Denovo Edge was 120 quid, and I thought that was extremely expensive at the time. So, there is, um, yeah, there's a there's a brand of um, a company who do uh, mechanical keyboards who have things like Dvorak layouts as well. So I might potentially get one of those in the future. We'll come back to it though. If you're thinking about Dvorak, though, get a Wasty keyboard, dude, um, because Dvorak. You basically can switch it to Dvorak using dip switches on the back, and you would just switch the right, keys. Yeah. So rather than, and then you've got the option of going back and forth, and rather than buying like a static yeah. Dvorak keyboard that you you've stuck with, because you might not like it. You never know. Yeah, um, but it's something to come back to anyway. So we'll definitely do that. But Jules, I hope you're enjoying your keyboard. Um, we kind of hijacked that. No, yeah, I am so far. I'll uh, I'll update you with uh, any more. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> With anything else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let, me, let me do that. Let me do that again. Let me do that again. Let me do that again. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so to round out the... I guess this is a newer episode because when this, when this episode will be released, it'll be 2018. So in preparation Whoa, for that... Happy New Year! Yeah, I guess you could do that. Um, I, in preparation for the new year, I wanted to talk about um, what your plans were for the new year. So a lot of people tend to have New Year's resolutions um, because that's something that exists, although they always fall through. Um, something that I've heard of on other podcasts is that people have themes instead. So they'll have a theme for the year and they'll try and do various things related to that theme. Um, so I wonder if you guys have any personal tasks, challenges or themes or resolutions for the new year. So I don't have a single theme, but I do have, um, three areas of focus. Um, and then usually what I do is at the end of the previous year, start of the new year, I actually go through those areas and make a lot of notes about things that I want to see improvements on. Um, so basically I, I have like one thing, one diagram that I tend to look at. Um, and then I, I tend to review it, um, monthly and weekly. And I, I have done this in the past and I was okay at doing it last year. I, I would say that 2017 wasn't my best, but, um, 2018, I think I'm going to, uh, refocus on that. So I think while there isn't like one theme, uh, or, or one resolution, but I think actually I just want to, uh, spend more time with my actual system, with my, uh, analog and digital notes, uh, to make sure that I'm on track, uh, because, right. you know, I've already done the work to have some areas of focus and, uh, I just want to improve my, my use on that really. So will you do that by having more reviews more often than previous? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I think I will. I think it would be more about actually using the notebook to document some of this stuff because I did a lot of it anyway. Um, but I just, I think being a bit stricter about how it goes into my system, for example, uh, we mentioned previously for the Hobonichi that I plan on using, mm-hmm. uh, to use the other sections, like the yeah. monthly section and stuff yeah. like that. So I think if, if anything, that's what I would, that I would say my theme is to use my system more, mm-hmm. but it's not really about that. It's more about the goals that I'll get out of it anyway. Um, but there's there's tons of stuff in that, so there's too much to go into, and and none of that changes really every year. It's it it's often around the same things. So your theme is just continue improving. Yeah, I would say that I would. I am giving a bit more attention on the system this time, right? Than, than I was previously. The system, the year of systems, or system. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? What about yourself? Yeah, so last year I had. I it was I didn't voice this anywhere. This was kind of internal to me. I guess I might have spoken to you guys about it briefly. Uh not necessarily as a, a theme for the year, but just as a general thing that I was looking to do. And that was I guess it was I don't know how to, to th- uh phrase this. It was kind of like just like a technology review and update. So a lot of uh apps and various uh technologies that I used, for example, um email and my calendar and notes and things like that I had a bit of a review on and kind of uh, decided I was going to switch to different places basically um so for example I migrated my calendar from my personal calendar from uh, an apple based one to google and I started using better notes instead of apple notes because I kind I ended up just in in the previous year with all these different default uh, Apple-based stuff because I had it on all my devices, uh, but it doesn't actually mean that I could do anything with it outside of Apple's ecosystem. So, for example, p- one part of the one part of this this last year's theme was automation and technology update in that way, including home automation as well, which I also did do quite a bit of. And if everything was still kept in Apple at the time, you couldn't do anything with for example apple notes right or the apple calendar stuff so i wanted to migrate away and then do various things on top of that migration and i did do that i did it i did it okay um the only thing i didn't do was the email side of it and emails emails a bit of a uh pain in the ass i guess you could say um but i don't think i still don't think i do do well on on email in terms of um a system there that i so i think uh similar for me i'll be carrying on that kind of uh theme mm-hmm. for the year uh, just kind of continuing to try and Im- kind of improve my my technology i guess that i use uh, i also have some kind of personal financial targets as well um but mostly just being like readjusting things part by part and seeing where i end up with so it'll be again a continuation of the the last year's theme but that's i don't think there's a bad place to be in you know at least at least there is kind of some end goal in mind and just with these themes, I think there is, uh, specifically with these ones where there is a, um, you know, like essentially like KPIs related to them, where it's like there are these points and if you hit them, I think you've done well for the year. And these are like nice to have, mm-hmm. so which is something that I've outlined and I did last year as well. Yeah, 20, 2018 for me. I don't really do New Year's resolutions as such. Um, I've, I've kind of got a mental note to be a bit more um 
digital. Like I, I keep going banging on about how I'm going to go, go move away from paper and be more digital. I'd like to be more organized around my digital life. Um, not to, that's not to say that I'm not right. So like I think last year was actually quite a big year for me. Um, looking back on it, I think retrospectively going back and looking at your year is probably more important than it's not more important. It's a big. It's, it's like a key. To, to planning out the next year. Yeah. Um, and I've not done enough of that just yet, and I probably will over the next couple of days, um, kind of rather than doing it before the new year, starting it kind of over the next like, 1st of January, 2nd of January kind of thing. Because um, I've already done a lot of thinking about it, but like, for instance, last year, uh, or 2017 rather, <clears throat> I cleaned up all my accounts, online accounts. Mm-hmm. So um, I switched to a password manager. Yep. Um, to be honest, I switched to a password manager probably 2016, but I didn't really go through all my accounts and, add, and make sure everything was like locked down and secure and, and um, you know, two-factor authentication yeah. enabled everywhere. So I, I did that last year and I went through loads of emails and just unsubscribed from all the spam that I get. Um, so my like my personal inbox is like much more clean. Um, and I did that recently. In, you know, as to reduce kind of cognitive clutter that comes in. Um, I'd like to use technology more to kind of work with my day in 2018. So, like, I was, I realized, like, yesterday, for instance, in the morning, I. And, you know, my alarm goes off and the like, and my Philips Hue lights come on mm-hmm. and uh, it's all a bit higgledy-piggledy. Like, it's all different apps doing different things, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so for instance, bedtime will go off, but it'll only go off on my phone and my watch doesn't go off. And then the Philips Hue just comes on randomly and because it, it comes on between certain hours. And what? I realized is I had no idea what was going on in my day uh, until I looked at my calendar. And it kind of made me think I kind of want an Amazon Alexa. Because what I want to happen in the morning is Alexa to go, good morning, this is going to go on in your day. The lights are about to come on and you should probably get out of bed. Right. So it it won't, it doesn't do that for you though. No, I know that. So you will have but to. I you will have to wake up anyway and go. Hey, can no, what's, not necessarily. What's on my calendar today? Not necessarily. I can probably do some kind of IFTTT thing that will do it automatically, or, or write something that triggers every morning at seven o'clock. But through an, I don't know. I'm sure I can use workflow or something. Yeah, there are there are there are ways to do it. Um, uh, yeah. sorry, one thing on that, you can't uh, have Alexa speak to you without being provoked by yourself. Right, unless it's so, so it's a timer or something like that. Uh, but you have to ask first. It, it, you can't just have something that pops up because it's like a running app essentially. But something to look at. Sorry, it's getting too technical there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, regardless if it's Alexa or, or whatever, the, the point being is for 2018, I want more of that. I want more auto, not necessarily automation in my house, but just more AI type yeah. things helping me through my day. Um, if I'm digitizing pretty much everything, my notes. I want it. I want it all integrated into this one kind of personal assistant type ecosystem, because I'm I'm less forgetful because I utilize my calendars and I utilize my digital diaries more than I ever have done. 
because I've needed to. Um, but I'm going to be doing a lot more in 2018, a lot more traveling, a lot more stuff where I need to be more organized around mm-hmm. the technology I'm using yeah. to make sure I don't you know, get hit by a bus, basically. Um, metaphorically, that is. And... Well, I would also recommend not getting hit by a bus. Just yeah, I mean that that would be really bad. Yeah. <clears throat> so, just with that in mind, I've just placed an order for a load of new stuff. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I, I went through a couple of different types of backpacks last year, and um, the one I'm currently using right now. So I went from a satchel, for instance, to a backpack, and because I had a lot more stuff, and I was doing a lot more traveling, and it worked really, really well. But more recently. The traveling has become a lot more intense and I need a lot more stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm my all my wires in my bag are kind of like all intermingled and it really made me realize I need a bigger backpack. So I ordered new bigger backpacks, some new nylon braided lightning cables, an anchor, USB Super helpful. hub that plugs into the wall because I had never had enough USB ports to charge all the things I needed. And I want to be, and that's in preparation for 2018. Because right. I need a backpack that I can organize has five sections rather than three, and I can organize this, this, and this, and you know, so that's kind of what I'm going to focus on in New Year. It's not really a resolution; it's just a yeah. I I'm lazy, right? I don't have to think unless I have to actually think like about something that interests me, whether it's work, code, or whatever, and things like looking at my calendar. I have to tell myself to do because I'm so bothered about other things and I need some, I need like a personal assistant, but I don't want a personal assistant. I want a digital personal assistant. And in 2018, I want that to be a thing, mm-hmm. but I'd, it's not just going to magically appear, is it? Let's face it. Like there's just no technology out there. Like her, for instance, where he upgrades his operating system and it just, it's just amazing. It just does everything he needs him to do. It asks, do you want me to organize your emails? Do you want me to do this? And we're nowhere near that, even though that's what I want in 2018. Very similar stuff to what you're saying is actually um, what my last year was kind of, I guess, preparing for and being able to move some things around so that I could do that. And like, I did also move to a password manager last year. Um, and just on the traveling thing, I'm actually really struggling with, with what to do for this because we're going to be away for a large amount of time. To the point where... Yeah, we're going to be away for half the year. Right. At a minimum. So to the point where it's it's kind of like the certain things that I need to take, for example, um, things I use even daily in my house. And one of them, for example, is like the setup I'm using right now to record with. And it's like, do I, do I get clones of those? Because I don't really want to dismantle my desk here. But then there's the second mm-hmm. point of my iMac that I'm using right now if I'm going to be away editing podcasts and stuff, I could really do without being there. So do I invest in a travel thing for it and take my <laughs> iMac down with me? I mean, that's just, that's going to be a talking point in itself. I mean, traveling around with an iMac in your bag is going to be like a 27 inch iMac. Right, so, I mean, the, come on. yeah, I mean, I won't be traveling around with it in my bag. Uh, it'll be just in a car and then into a, a certain place. But, it's something I need to look at anyway, so that as well will be something on my mind throughout the year. But it's going to be very interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. And I reckon by the end of the year, I'm going to hate the fact that I have... If I if I go down the doubling route, I'll end up hating the fact that I have double of things. 
Thank you for listening to episode 14 of the Mavis Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode at mavispodcast.com slash 14. You can also tweet us your questions at Mavis Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Hathaway. You can find Julian on Twitter at Julian K. And Jordan is at Jordan is on fire. Happy New Year, everybody. Hey Siri, can you please play the Stranger Things tra- soundtrack? Oh, I see oh, you've just done oh, it yourself. Oh, this is this, what, so, Ray Jordan. What? This is why we don't use the words. This is why right. we don't use the words <laughs> on the podcast. You just did it to yourself. <laughs> I've done it to myself before on a previous episode. Right, but the point being is, I asked it to do that, and it didn't. It didn't work. Well, it works now. It works when you don't want it to work.